welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning and happy Friday. How's everybody doing? Welcome to episode 177 of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ralphie on Tuesday. Isn't she just incredible hearing about her parents and their role modeling they did for her throughout their various challenges with her dad's health and whatnot, to how she models happiness for her kids, sibling rivalry, and smiling. What a different smiling in front of our kids can do. Greeting them with that warmth and that smile can change the whole culture of the home. Love that message so much. So thank you, Ralphie, for tuning in. If you missed it, make sure you head back into the archives. Today, I have an awesome episode for you. Today, I'm speaking with Maria Dismondi. She's an author nine times over writing about children's values. So teaching children's values through real characters, contexts that they're familiar with, beautiful illustrated children's stories, incredible. She talks about kindness, courage, bravery, diversity. She covers it all. We're going to talk about the importance of teaching your children's values as well as how she became an author in the first place. It is an incredible episode and I can't wait for you to get to know Maria today. So let's get to it with Maria Dismondi. All right. I want to welcome Maria Dismondi. Hi, Maria. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from today? I'm over here in Michigan. We're in Michigan. I was in Ann Arbor for three years. Um, we are in the Walls Lake area. Oh, I've never been out there. Yeah, so we're actually about 45 minutes from Ann Arbor. Oh, so awesome. it's, a, it's a great community. Yeah, we loved living in Michigan. It was so beautiful and really just enjoyed our time there. We're, we're flying the football flag every every Saturday now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Makes me happy. Well, I'm really thrilled to have you on, Maria. You are a children's book author, and I can't wait to hear how you got into this and to share more about your books. We just give a little background on you and your family. Yeah, I grew up in Michigan and, um, you know, family of four of us, and I always wanted to be a teacher, so that was really neat, um, and I went to Michigan State University. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> um, yes, I'm a Spartan, and um, I graduated with a teaching certificate, so I taught for just over a decade, and um, along that journey, I will tell you a little bit more about that in one of your other questions, but along that journey, I started writing children's books. Eventually, I resigned from teaching um, my business, and our family grew at the same time, which was exciting, but also very challenging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So then I transitioned from teacher to author slash mama. I love it. I love it. And was children's books always on your radar? Was this always something you dreamed of doing? No, it was never on my radar. It, It happened, and then I couldn't stop it from happening, which is really funny, and you know, I know you talk a lot with, with moms and just parents about personalities and how we're so hard on ourselves. And I'm a perfectionist and I'm always trying to do my best. And so when things really started growing, I was like, no, not yet. Really? (laughs) Why? You would think people would be very excited as things started to take off. Why did you not feel ready for that? And it kind of, it kind of leads into one of your questions. I know that you talk about like, 
your role is motherhood. Sure. I just wanted to really be good at everything I did. So when my first book came out, we we found out we were pregnant a few months before the first book came out. And I just wanted to be this amazing mom. And then I had this new role as children's author. And I was also a teacher. And I'm like, how can you do it all? Hmm. So that was like a big question that I still don't have answered today. Sure. But how have you worked through that? Several years into your author career and being a mom, how do you balance and juggle all of those different priorities that equally mean a lot to you? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I love how we're just like jumping in. Yeah, let's just do this. (laughs) Um, You know, I've done a lot of... um, I guess like mindset work, you could say. And I've just realized that my family is number one. And so when I talk about balance and um, trying to juggle it all, I just, I put the family first and I try to figure out where I can fit the other things in. I've also given myself a lot of grace. I know that, um, you know, parenting is not something that's black and white. We didn't get a manual when that first child was born. So I do give myself a lot of grace, and I know that my parenting is not going to look or sound perfect. That's okay. Mm, Yeah, it is so, so true. And sometimes it takes a lot of time kind of wrestling with that feeling for that feeling to kind of subside, right? You can't just say like, you can't just tell somebody, you don't need to be perfect and then have them believe it and implement that in their life. It is really a learning curve that you have to experience through your own journey and in your own time to come to that place of what are reasonable expectations, what is kind of the pie chart of how you want to split your time and split your focus. And then when you come up with that kind of sweet spot, then everything's going to change again. But at least, you know, you're always in that evolving phase. Yes, it does change. And I have a girlfriend who right now, um, is she, she just had her first baby. And she's going through what I went through, you know, eight years ago. My oldest is eight. And there's certain things I just can't tell her because I know she'll have to learn and figure it out on her own. And, like, one of the greatest things that I ever did for myself as a mom was I wake up earlier than the children and my husband. And I have some days it's 20 minutes, some days it's an entire hour. But I have time to myself. Mm-hmm. And Maybe it's to go walk around the block. Maybe it's for a really good workout. Maybe it's just for a cup of coffee or just to put my clothes on. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's just really helps me to center my day, to gather my patience, um, and just to get me ready for parenting for that day. I love that. Taking the time for what you feel like you need that specific day. It's not just that you have to follow a strict schedule. Um, I read The Miracle Morning. Have you read that by Hal Elrod? Oh. It's really, it's a really interesting concept, waking up um, about an hour before the family so that you can compartmentalize in 10-minute chunks six activities that are really soul-filling to you. So moving your body for 10 minutes, or and you get to choose, you know, journaling for 10 minutes, reading something spiritual, whatever it is, but starting your day off where you feel like you have really started off with a bang and you've really filled up your soul, you're ready to go, you're motivated, and you've gotten a lot done before anybody else has even risen. So I like that concept. But I also feel like when our time is fluctuating a little bit in terms of how much time we have or how early that means we have to get up, ultimately it's just in your season doing what really feels like it's right for you right then. Exactly. And, you know, waking up before the the children when I have them ages – 
newborn two and four, mm-hmm. there's no way. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I was, like, mm-hmm. sleeping every moment I could. Sure, sure. So, um, you're right. I, I like your point of the different seasons because yeah. it's going to look different every few years or every few months it'll look different. Yeah, and so your books are based on values and teaching children values. And so how did you come up with this concept before having kids? And then how has that really impacted the way you intentionally teach your kids about these core values and character traits now that you're raising them? Yeah. And as a teacher, I would turn to children's literature to to teach kind of difficult concepts because what it does for kids, it's called indirect teaching. Instead of a teacher or a parent just saying, you should do this, you should do that. It gives them really solid examples so that they can see someone else experiencing something in their life and how did they handle it? Mm. So in my classroom of first graders, I was looking for a book about like a little boy or girl that, that, you know, was teased for who they were and how did they show courage to just be themselves? And I could not find a book that didn't have a talking teddy bear or singing dinosaur in it. And I mm. thought, my goodness, we need good children's literature with realistic characters so kids can open the book and say, I'm just like this character. Yes. And so that is in 2006, um, I wrote Spaghetti in a Hot Dog Bun. And it was a story based off of the little girl who you know, was teased for eating silly foods, which really did happen to me as a girl. I ate spaghetti in a hot dog bun and I was teased for it. And then how does she have the courage to continue to be herself? So I wrote that first book and I saw how quickly it took off and how much parents and how much teachers really needed a book like that. Mm -hmm. And so that led into, you know, um, producing and um, publishing. Gosh, we have nine titles now. The ninth one will be coming out in a few months. So they're all, and I'm very dedicated to realistic fiction. You'll see children of all different ages, shapes and sizes and cultures in our books. I mean, we're trying to represent the real world. So anyhow, um, that is kind of, and then I started researching um, values and how how are the schools teaching values and how are families teaching values. And the research that I, the the results and, you know, the research that I really came up with is, is very disheartening that, you know, for example, CareerBuilder did a survey and employers are saying that their college graduates of 2016 are going into the workforce and they're lacking super important skills like um, being able to communicate with people on a team and work ethic and being able to problem solve and wow. having empathy for others. And these are basic life skills. So to answer your question, I know this is kind of a long-winded answer. I just started looking at all of the research and I said, okay, my books are all the more important now that I'm seeing what's happening in our world. And so I have been not only, you know, sharing my books with children, but I've been educating teachers and parents because I want parents to say, I'm not asking you to pick up a, you know, research manual from Career Builder to figure out what it says. I just want to share with you what can you actually do? What steps can you take in your home to teach these skills so that our kids are ready for the world? And so that's when I started really intentionally teaching my own children these things. And what I love about it, Jessica, is it's it's not like, okay, boys and girls in our household, we're going to learn about problem solving today. (laughs) It's so much more natural than that. Well, and that's life. And that is what I love so much. You're exactly right. A talking teddy bear teaching about kindness or sharing or courage is a lot different than a child sitting down with a good quality children's book where they look like the kid on the page or they know a child that looks like that in their class and they can identify. The one that really stood out to me, I have three boys who love, love, love soccer and they happen to love chocolate milk. So you're chocolate milk, por favor, (laughs) celebrating diversity and empathy. 
we're at the age in kindergarten and second grade where they're starting to notice differences. And it's totally normal to notice differences. And I think sometimes as parents, we try and squash kids' questions and things like that for fear of saying the wrong thing or pointing things out or making anybody uncomfortable. But I think it is absolutely 100% okay for kids to ask questions, but in a respectful way and to notice differences. And so this child in this book doesn't speak English. He's the new kid at school. My kids have felt that same exact way being the new kid. Okay, how is he dealing with it? Okay, he's playing soccer. What a great way to make new friends, you know? They could see themselves in this story. And then we read it and it was really enjoyable and fun. And then we talked about it naturally. Like, have you ever had that experience? How would that feel to you? But it doesn't feel like you're just shoving, you know, diversity down their throat. It's so approachable. So thank you for this resource for me. Yes. And, you know, for for parents listening, I think the easiest way to teach character and values is to really start with children's literature. Because like you said, it's a segue into conversations. It's an intimate, um, you know, bedtime routine or it's an intimate activity in your home. Anyhow, you're usually snuggling on the couch or tucking your kids into bed. So it's a good time to allow them to open up. And you, you know, for example, um, on my website, I can give you the link, but I have an ultimate list Mm. and it will tell you like, okay, here's the character trait courage. Here are 10 of the greatest books to teach courage, you know, using children's literature. So I've gathered a list like that to make it really easy for parents. You're the best, Maria. Thank you. (laughs) I love compiled lists of anything that keeps me from having to do all the headache of, of researching stuff that I don't. I'm not that familiar with. So thank you. Yeah, That's amazing. and you know, for parents, it's not, you know, I know a lot of families have a lot of, both the mom and dad are working. They're single families, single parent families. I know people are busy. You can't make it to the library and you mm-hmm. don't want to be buying all of these books. Well, don't forget that um, the internet has really great resources. And a lot of times the authors will have videos of them reading the story online. So you can definitely search for that. Oh, that's a great tip too. And I love how research-based these are. And coming from the perspective of a teacher, there's so much fluff on the shelves. And so just because you're at Barnes and Noble and you pull a book off the shelf, it doesn't mean it's going to be quality literature for your children. And so I love that not only are the stories great and the pictures are beautiful and you use different illustrators on each one, huh? Yeah, just for just for the diversity alone, I just love for that. the different mediums of art, it's a lot of fun. That's amazing. But you also include um, either in the beginning of the book or at the end different strategies for conversation and for reading. So you'll do like a before, during, after, and additional learning, you know, bullet points. I mean, you're literally handing parents a lesson plan if they want to do that. Yeah, and, I just and you know, I love that. that because you know how tired you are at the yes. end of the evening. And it's like, okay, what questions can I ask? I don't know if I have it in me to think of questions on this. And so that's definitely where that came from. Like, here are some solid questions to help, you know, engage conversation with your children. Yes, absolutely. And I think so many times we miss these learning opportunities for our kids that are natural and in context. And so we might read a book and then put it away. And that's it. But there is so much valuable teaching and just just special connection that can happen through reading with your kids. And and Jessica, I don't mean for parents to have to choose a special book for every single book they read. I I do believe in like high interest literacy too. So Mm -hmm. for example, my son is obsessed with trucks. So we typically read like five truck books a night. And then there's like one that I throw in there that I 
yeah. you don't yeah. have like a nice lesson. That's in, a so. great point. Yeah, um, I often have Jansen Bradshaw on. She does everyday reading um, <laughs> blog, and she's super awesome. And she talks a lot about for reluctant readers – just find the topic they're interested in. And even if it is a fluff book or it has a lot more pictures than maybe you would want or, you know, whatever it is, at least they're reading. And then that will segue into more quality literature. But it's it's fine to have that mixture. And it's fine for ourselves too. I mean, we don't always read, you know, highest level self-improvement, go, go, go books and research. But it's fine to read a fluff book sometimes. You know, that's great too for our mind and our imagination. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so – was the process of coming out with book after book after book, were you excited and motivated to keep going on this path? Or how did each new book unfold for you? That's a that's a good question. I You know, I had all these different ideas, but I had to take it one book at a time just because, again, like that balance. And, um, you know, I have like a writing mentor and he has like 99 chapter books that have been released. And I say, how do you do it? So I had to kind of like take it easy. So I would have an idea, maybe three ideas, and I would just write them down and say, okay, for 2016, I'm going to work on this idea. For 2017, I'll work on that idea. And then sometimes that changed too. Mm -hmm. But what I loved about this is the business of writing and the business of, you know, being a children's book author, it just kind of gave my brain a little bit of what I needed as a mother. Um, It just gave me that little bit of, um, you know, challenge I guess you would say so Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed so how do you choose like what the next book's going to be about and how and how does all that happen so I really try to base it off of what we need in the world honestly Mm. and my newest book coming out is all about friendship and it's about social skills and it's just something I'm hearing out in media a lot that I'm you know I'm hearing that our cell phones and our tablets are hindering our children's social development and I mean, I'm seeing article after article and, you know, paper after paper. So I thought that that would be a really great topic to hone in on. Oh, I think that is really smart. (laughs) I think we could use a lot more friendship, absolutely, and acceptance in the world right now. And so having a teaching background and working with children and seeing those social dynamics and now having these kids in your own home that you are raising – What would you say to the parent that feels like they just don't really know where to start with helping their kids to develop these social skills and, you know, just these these character traits that are fundamental? But like you said, there are some adults going into the workplace that don't have them. So that's that's lacking and we need to do our part as parents now. What would you tell the parents? Where can they start? I would say start by sitting down with your partner and saying, what are the important values between you and I to have Mm. in our family. And we, my husband and I have done this and we came up with like a family mission statement and what's important to be a Desmondi in our household. So I think you, you focus on what's important to your own family to teach. And then everything after that is what, you know, what is out there in the world? What do people need in the world? And, And if you want the answer, just listen to this podcast. I mean, we need problem solving is a huge one that children and um, college students are lacking right now. Empathy, social skills, work ethic is another one, Um, being determined and persevering. And so maybe just making a list of like what's important in our family and then what's important, what do I need for my child out there in the world and then how can I teach it? Mm. And I like to follow, I think it's cool, you know, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, follow certain teachers, follow certain, you know, children's book authors or follow certain podcasts that are going to help educate you and 
and give you some um, ideas and give you some content on this so that you have an idea of where to begin. Yeah, absolutely. And it depends on the age of your children and their interest in things. But also starting with your books would be a great place to start. That's amazing. I love that so much. Let's say your child is struggling at school. Maybe it's with bullying. Maybe they're having uh, trouble making friends. Maybe they're the new kid, things like that. Telling your kids how to act and behave and be often is not very effective. We move around a lot. And so just being like, just make a friend. All you need is one friend. Be nice. Be kind. You know, be, be, be. Sometimes they don't know how to do that. And so I have found like by reading my kids your books and other books like that, showing them an example of somebody else implementing those skills makes it a lot easier for them to conceptualize what they should do. It's like them visualizing it, an out-of-body experience, and then they can implement it themselves. Have you found that? Absolutely. That's a great tactic, yes. So what are some examples of topics that you've covered in your books um, that people can look for when they're looking for Maria Dismondi books um, of values that you've covered so far? And what's on the horizon for you? So we have covered kindness. We have covered empathy, which is, you know, I find empathy to be the big Band-Aid um, a solution to bullying. It's just really helping those hurt bullying feelings, like being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. I think if we have more empathetic children, then we're going to see more, um, it's the word upstanders. So a bystander is someone who sees something that's bad happening. They don't do anything. An upstander does something to help. So I think the more empathetic our children are, the more um, apt they are to go ahead and help someone else in a dangerous situation or even in a sad situation like bullying. Mm -hmm. Another topic we covered is social skills and how do we talk? How do we communicate with friends? Um, How do we decide who is a true friend to us? Another one is courage, Um, you know, being yourself and knowing that it's okay to be different and diversity, celebrating differences. And then we've also really touched on, um, in The Little Linebacker, we touched on growth mindset, which is all about determination and knowing that with hard work and effort, things can get better. So you want to become a better reader? It takes some hard work and effort. You might fall down. You might, you know, you might take a couple steps back, but you keep trying and you will see those steps going forward. Um, And that's a big one in schools right now. They're trying to teach children that whole mindset that, um, the, the more you try, the better you're going to become. And, and perfection is not the end goal. Mm. Just progress is the end goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how has motherhood really changed your perspective, both in terms of your writing and just in life in general? How are you different today than before you became a mom? You know, as a mom, I see that I have more grace, like I've mentioned. I have more love for the world. And I definitely have less judgment. I think before I was a parent, I would look around and say, well, if I were a mom, I would do things this way, especially as a teacher. I thought, oh, Mm. gosh, if I was a mom, I would, you know, do this, this and that. No way. Absolutely not. I wish I could go back and stop those thoughts in my head of judgment because as a parent, you learn your own, you know, strengths and weaknesses and that we all have them. So it's definitely given me a lot of grace, love and less judgment. I love that. What a powerful transformation that is. And it's all, we're all a work in progress, but I love when we can see that we're a better version of ourselves today than we were several years ago because of these amazing children, you know, who are just being and we're allowing ourselves to be affected by them in, in the best way possible. I love it. So where can people find your books, Maria? Well, they are sold at any, you know, 
know, local retailer as far as bookstores, which are kind of going away, which sad. is sad. It is. Um, and they're definitely online. So they, they should be very accessible for you to find. Um, and I'm over at mariadesmondi.com, and I, I spend a lot of time hanging out on Facebook and on Instagram because that's where my network of parents and teachers are. Awesome. That's amazing. And I'll link to everything at extraordinarymomspodcast.com so people can go check out your books. I think my favorite favorites are, like I said, the chocolate milk, por favor, about diversity and empathy, and then the jelly donut difference. It's just this, the cover illustration is so appealing. They're, these two children are holding these jelly donut trays. I just love it. I just, I just find it oh, so appealing. Oh, thank you. And you know, that book um, has become wildly popular, and we did not expect that. Really? And which is very exciting. But the concept is you know, the concept of that book is that when you do things for other people and you think about other people rather than yourself, you, you shift from me, me, me to we, we, we you see more joy within your own heart and you see more kindness out in the world. So it's just a cool, cool concept of paying it forward. And we're thrilled that it's taken off because that's what the world needs, right? The world needs more love. Yes, and the earlier our kids can develop that awareness and that type of mindset, the better off they will be. It does not come naturally to a four, five, six-year-old to look outside themselves, but we can help them. We can help them in that. We can. We can help them, Jessica. And one of the things that... I really try to remember as a parent is it's okay for our children to see us make mistakes. It's okay for them to see us as less perfect and to communicate with them with about them with, yeah. uh, to communicate with our children about that. You know, mama made a mistake. I'm going to try again. That was really hard for me. And just admitted admitting to our mistakes to our children shows them that we are human beings and that human beings require growth and resets. Oh, I do that all the time. I'm going to have a do-over, kids. I am so sorry. I should. I lost my temper. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm going to try and do this differently next time. I do that all the time. Amazing. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Maria. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, goodness. I would tell that Maria Desmondi to mm-hmm. savor every single moment and to rock your babies. Don't listen to what the book says. <laughs> Just hang on to them a little bit longer. Just hang on to them a little bit longer. So that's what I would say. Just savor every moment. That's amazing. Maria, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I hope everyone will go check out your amazing, amazing books. I could not endorse them anymore. They're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope you loved hearing from Maria this morning about all of her books. You can check out her books anywhere books are sold, and I'll link to several of them on the website at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can find them on Amazon, booksellers, everywhere. And they have just been such a great teaching tool in my home since I received these books, and I know that you're going to love them too. So thanks for tuning in today. If you don't already follow me, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 on Instagram, on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast, and then at our website, ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. That's where you can find pictures of Maria, links to anything that we talked about, including her books, and you can listen to episodes there, as well as go back into the archives and hear from past guests in the episodes and other show notes, and everything will be over there. Oh, you guys, next Tuesday's episode is going to be incredible. I'm speaking with Jess Conley. Jess Conley is a well-known Christian author who just released a new book that's coming out next Tuesday, the day this is airing. 
called Dance, Stand, Run, talking about grace and holiness and what that really looks like. So regardless of where you are in your faith practice or what your beliefs are in terms of grace and holiness, her perspective is so life-giving because it really focuses on your identity. And the more that you know who you are and what your value is, the more you can live out an extraordinary life, an extraordinary motherhood. She is so awesome. I loved our conversation. And she's going to be giving away a book. So you're going to want to follow along with that. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the episode. Thanks for tuning in today. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.